Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. And welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Spencer Locker. And me, Tracy Roberts. Hiya, Tracy. It's been a while, hasn't it? It feels like ages. We've been busy, aren't we? Busy, busy, busy. Hey, a good type of busy mind. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We've all been out on the road. We've been from Paris to Berlin. Is that a song? I, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm making it up as I go along. Yeah. But we've been busy. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Where have you been recently? Warwickshire? Well, not, uh, well, yeah. I haven't been to Madrid or Paris. <laughs> but yeah, I've been he's, around. He's getting a, a dig in there, guys, yeah. just in case you wondered. Yeah. <laughs> but he does love Warwick. I love Warwickshire. 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 I love it. I love it, too. Be working with some cool clients, haven't yes. we? Yes. And Staffordshire. Staffordshire. And Gloucestershire. <laughs> Gloucestershire. Yeah. And I've actually, been... I've had a couple of days in Hull this week, which has been nice, working yeah. with LEW. All right. Okay. And they've been fab. And we were doing some work with Sewell in the last few weeks. Um, and who have we got in today? We've got in the, the NHS. NHS. So yeah. we've, we've got a, a wide range of uh, clients we've been working really closely with, and mm. we've just loved it, haven't we? But we just thought, hey, back in the podca- podcast booth. Well, get some that's the done. thing, isn't it? That's the thing is because, I don't know about you, Tracy, but when I'm out, particularly on the road, yeah. with clients for extended periods of time, I get these little ideas popping me head, and I think, oh, yeah. Ooh, and I, 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 you might not be initially thinking we ought to do a podcast about that, but you just sort of think about it for a bit and, and it sort of mm. grows wings, doesn't it? It does. And you think, well, let's talk about that. I always end up with loads of that, especially when I'm driving. Mm. Yeah, driving or in the shower, that's where you get your best ideas, they reckon, isn't it? I'm I in the bathroom. That. I'm in the bathroom, but I ain't having a shower <laughs> when I get my best ideas. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, today <clears throat> I thought let's start looking at something from another angle because we talk a lot about culture. It's a big part of what we do. Huge. And we talk about toxicity levels yes, a lot. But what we tend to do here is, because of the nature of the work that we're doing, is we we try to advise people who are in, within the business to look out for the signs of it, to um, put things in place to avoid toxic culture. Um, we even talk to people about how to manage personalities that create the toxic culture. And it got me thinking of something that was personal to me, but then another conversation I was having with one of our other partners around the other side of it, which is recovering from a toxic environment. So from an individual's perspective, this could be a leader, someone who's joining a business, someone new to, to work relatively, um, what it does to a person to have had to remove themselves from that situation. So what I mean by that is leaving a workplace or a boss or a team, so maybe even moving within the business due to the negative implications it's had on your physical or mental health. Hmm. Because after that, it leaves a lasting effect on most people. Um, would you agree with that? Certainly. When, when we're doing, I mean, this last couple of weeks, I've been doing a, a few. Um, I've been working with a lot of fire and rescue services, particularly Warwickshire, Gloucestershire, <laughs> and Staffordshire. Um, but we've been doing these day ones, and 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 you know what? When we start talking about the day ones, we're talking about challenge state mindset yeah. and influences within a business. And I always ask the question. I drop these random random honesty out of questions in in everywhere, and it's has anybody ever worked in a blame culture? Mm, and there's so many people go, yeah, yeah. It's a follow on question. Did you enjoy it? No, I didn't. <laughs> Not unless you were blaming. Okay. Yeah. So when we start, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, a, a toxic culture 
isn't just a blame culture. There's a hell of a lot more oh, going on there. Huge amounts, However, yeah. when we start, it's, it's easy for people to sort of go right. Okay, so if I've worked in a if I worked in a blame culture and I've left a blame culture, sometimes I just think it's normal. But when Absolutely. I go to another culture yeah. where there's a lot of trust and there's honesty, it feels odd. And there's he, uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, what the bloody hell's going on? So then you look backwards and you think, my God. Yes, I have worked in a blame culture or a toxic culture. Because you, you're absolutely right, you know, because I think that's something I relate back to from early years of, of working is what I saw as normal and almost a bit oh, a bit of banter, a bit of this, bit of that. I now look back now and I'm disgusted with myself that I actually accepted that. Um, and it is interesting what you said there, because from a toxicity perspective, this can be affected by... Um, the organizational culture so generally so it could be something you've experienced all the way through the organization so nobody thinks any different mm. like you say it could be caused by individuals so your influencer so it could be the whole business and the job that you're doing is fantastic this one person has caused problems not maybe not even directly to you but because of the nature of the way they are and the you know disruptive nature um that causes problems um and actually let's look at it another way sometimes toxicity levels to you are because of your internal beliefs. So what I mean by that is you might look out in the world and some stuff doesn't sit well with your unconscious motivators. So it might not seem as toxic to other people because their traits are different to you. So an example I could give is if you're working within some sort of hustle culture where it's really busy, fast moving, and you've got lots of people who have high levels of drivers, you know, mm. people who really want to work hard and go above and beyond, mm. that's natural to them and it suits them. Mm. Whereas someone who comes in who's more on the, the other side of the spectrum where they want to take the time, do things right and all those things, some of the stuff that comes out as a consequence of that, it's not necessarily that it's toxic to everybody, just for you, mm. it feels toxic. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, the thing about the toxicity levels is it can be temporary. So you can be working in a great environment and then all of a sudden something changes, uh, something strategic changes, mm -hmm. your boss changes, the people you work with changes, and all of a sudden the cloud of doom is over your head. Again, when we start talking about change, yeah. managing change, yeah, uh, and again, the, the interpretation or the perception of that change, mm. uh, well, as you said, it's down to, or it's very much down to uh, those unconscious motivators, how I see the yeah. world. Where um, am am I am I um, uh, am I a person who moves towards things and goes Wow, I love yeah. doing that. I'm going yeah. to do it again. And other people go Well, that was a little bit dangerous, a bit scary. I don't mm -hmm. think I'll do that again. Exactly the same experience, mm -hmm. but interpreted in different ways. So what we're saying really is sometimes it's the dead obvious stuff. Like you know, we know what what causes toxic culture. You know, um, we go back to our Lencioni pyramid and we talk that lack of trust. You know, inability to have disagreements with people or share your opinions, low psychological safety, mm. siloed working behaviors, um, yeah. you know, people not taking accountability, all those things, we get it. Um, and I always explain it like if you're a good leader, I think I heard this analogy once and I loved it. It's like a termite infestation. Mm. So if you are listening at the wall all mm. the time and yeah. you start to hear that pitter patter, you can deal with it quickly. Mm. If you're not listening at the wall, guess what? Completely have to restart again because mm. there's no way you're going to, solve that problem yeah um and i think from the perspective of toxicity levels i think it will depend on the organization and again it can be individual but what i guess what i'm alluding to here is that we don't think about that lasting effects we just think about in the here and now let's mm. deal with this situation but for someone who's been brave enough and i will say brave enough to actually lift themselves out of that situation um or they've been lifted from that situation yeah um 
there's going to be a bit of a, a bit of an overspill. So you're still going to feel quite overwhelmed. Um, you're going to go into the organization. You maybe be a bit risk averse. Um, you may be going to be a bit mistrusting. Um, you're going to find that the triggers are still in there from, from the lasting, you know, um, sort of emphasis of what affected you when you left that environment. So therefore, when you come into the new environment, are you truly showing up in your best self? Mm. And my argument would be in most cases, you're not. Um, you're going to try and assume best intent, but you're going to have this lasting effect from where you've left previously. So, you know, if you have a great example, would be something really simple, like, you know, your boss has a particularly seagully day yeah. <laughs> and they come in and drop a load of stuff on you. Mm. And it's a one off thing when you're quite new to the business. You might go into a little bit of shadow behaviors, panicking, thinking, God, if this is what it's going to be like, I literally left that hustle culture behind me. And actually, I thought I had a great relationship with this person, but he's just dropped a load of crap on me. And and I'm I'm feeling very triggered because that's one of the reasons that I left. You know, it affected my mental health. I couldn't keep up with the speed of the last place of work. So therefore, straight away, you're going to see as a leader from that person, why is this person so triggered? Why are they why are they worrying about that? Um, and it would be little things like, you know, if you were in an environment where you weren't valued, um, what's going to happen there? You come into a new environment, people give you praise or they act upon your, you know, your appreciation languages and you almost can't accept it. Yeah, when we start when we start talking about imposter syndrome, mm. very real. I mean, when when we consider this as a as an in, as an entity. Yeah. Um I've heard it referred to as a toxic legacy. Yeah. Um yeah. so with the toxic legacy, it's it's one of those things where it it's it's almost like your chimp. Yeah. So your chimp's looking at things and going tick tick. Yeah. Yeah, tick because when we start, signs. yeah, when we when we start yeah. talking about the chimp and it's five times faster and five times stronger, when we're talking about that five times stronger, it will take every little bit of evidence it can and change it to its own agenda. Mm. Yeah. So, so all these things going now. Ah, remember what happened at the last place? See mm. what's going on here? Tick. Yeah, and and it convinces or has a bloody good idea, a good go convincing you that you are actually thinking logically and rationally mm. because you're putting two and two together and getting four. Of course, actually, yeah. you're not seeing two and yeah. you're not seeing two, but yeah. you're still... So, yeah, so this toxic legacy. Um, and, and the point of me actually bringing this up is when I was considering this toxic legacy, I was thinking, right, so it's really good that we can identify this and yeah. we can we can talk about it and we can we can uh, talk to different organizations and, and and businesses about how to avoid a toxic culture but what role do you play mm. in the in your perception of a toxic culture yeah, because of course. yes that was the bad old days these are the good old days mm. but you've got those anchors haven't you of course you do yeah and it, it can be exhausting. This is the thing. It's mentally exhausting, um, sometimes physically exhausting for people to carry this burden of, you know, is it going to turn into this situation again? So if you're in the same environment and that problem has been solved, then you're still looking around the business because you're in the same environment, so to speak. But things have changed. The, the landscapes change a little bit. So the triggering opportunities are still big, aren't they? But when you leave an organization to go to another organization, you're still, just like you say, going through your tick sheet the first few weeks, first few months even, mm. going, have I saw any signs of this? Um, so what naturally happens there is that you have to try and 
let go a little bit and almost it's like in an ideal situation you'd allow yourself some time to heal from that wouldn't mm. you but we don't necessarily get that we leave one job go to another job or we leave one leader go to another leader so it's assuming best intent still and trying to lead with maybe some coping mechanisms as well thinking about the trigger management yeah. you know and what we can do um and hopefully then we can then lead into what we need to do to avoid that in the future now if we're leaving one business we go to another business just as a bit of a segue here what i think we need to focus on as someone who suffered from something like this is we're often just drawn in by roles that we like the look of so we go oh i've done that before i've got experience i could get that job or let's just be honest salary looks good want to wear it there oh that company has got a great culture from what i've heard i would wear it there it's cool mm. you know but in this day and age people are smarter than that mm. and if you're going to be someone who's feeling this you're recovering from this environment the most important thing for you at this point to help you heal is not to go looking for it from that angle it's to go looking at the culture first yeah so i always say to people you know look at the glass door reviews speak to people in the business ask the questions about the work-life balance whatever is important to you within that role or the things that triggered you ask the questions about it first yeah. don't just apply for the job because you got the experience or you want to work for that company because the reality is that a lot of businesses are fast moving and you're going to see quite a lot of the same things particularly if we go back to the un unconscious motivator part if you've been in a culture because that's your job and it's fast moving and it's not hitting the mark for you <laughs> and you're seeing that as toxic why do you apply for a job that's similar somewhere else because mm. the reality is that that probably isn't right for you however if it is cultural then find a culture that suits you go for the culture first then look at the mm. role and i think that would be a better approach however if you are in a business and you've maybe just started a new job and you're trying to recover from this the things that you can do to help yourself feel better, less imposter syndrome sometimes, because that does come through, is you've got to look at what it was. So reflect back on what you've learned. So individual or the whole organization, what did you experience that you'd like to avoid? What is it that um, really, really drained your battery to the point that it actually made you leave the business? And it's not an, uh, sort of going into a, a negative side of things or anything. It's it's looking at how you can learn from that and think about where you can then set boundaries. Mm. Because before you go to that next, you know, workplace or next leader, it's thinking about, okay, I want to keep in best self. How can I really learn from what I didn't engage with before? So I think that's a really important thing to do. Mm. The other thing is to look at knowing your worth again, mm. because a lot of the time when you've been in that type of culture, you feel drained emotionally and again physically and sometimes your self-worth has really taken a knock so you've got to think about things like maybe writing a strengths and achievements list mm. you know things that you brought forward in your last working environment even if it wasn't seen but what mm. you see as a strength um see what you've nailed you know the things that you did do that was right there's going to be some good stuff there mm. might be some great collaboration that went on different departments different people focus on that what were your wins because i think that will help you remember what you're going to bring to the next role um and as part of that sometimes even if you're looking for a job just up updating your cv to be more in relation to your strengths and the things you achieved mm. can actually be quite cathartic yeah. rather than thinking about i'm going to write that i worked at this place for this length of time this was my role um the other thing i would say is is if you're leaving a toxic environment and i've again got personal experience in this 
you've got to decide what you're cutting ties with when you leave that business. Mm. Because sometimes the legacy part, which is what you're saying, is that you still have friends and colleagues at that workplace. So you're still getting a little bit of mood hoover coming in from mm. there because you're talking to your friends that you did get on with and they're telling you about all the stuff that's going on in that organization. <clears throat> and you've still got that at the back of your head while you're trying to make a fresh start. So you've got to decide who's healthy for you. Yeah. Um, and that can be tough because you've made, you know, a lot of friends in that role. And, um, and Yeah. And just on referring back to another podcast we might have done, we've got to be aware of who's gaslighting us. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. Because <clears throat> some people love to put that feeling into another human. Yeah. And even actually, sometimes they don't know. We said this before, mm. they don't even know they're doing it because you'll be like, how was your day? But the biggest thing you've got in common is that workplace. So mm. then, oh, you'll never guess what happened today and this happened and that happened. And before you know it, you're back in that space. You're mm. visualizing yourself sat at that desk yeah. and experiencing that, right? Um, so I think really choose who you have connections with. That's a big thing. Know your worth. And it is difficult. It's easy for me to say that. But I think reconnecting with that, reconnecting mm. with what your geniuses are and what you really get, not mm. the stuff you're just good at at work, but the stuff you really, really thrive on that yeah. will bring you, you know, yeah. to your next level. And look for things that actually make you feel like that as well. So, like, if you're going into a new workplace and, you know, you want to be more creative and you know you get your energy from that, then let that known mm. from the moment you get there. You want to do those things and you want to get some energy from that. Um, the last thing I wrote down was actually attitude. It's about really focusing on, you mentioned, you know, threat, challenge, mm. thinking about the growth mindset aspect. You know, most people that are in a good place have this because they want to learn new things. They want to be open to the world. Quite often when we've been in that environment, we go the opposite way. So mm. I think as much as you can do to try and release that bitterness um, and avoiding the gossip, which probably goes back mm. to the cutting ties bit as well, because... Yeah that's going to draw you in again, isn't it? Well, yeah. And, and, and I think that you, you, it, it's pervasive. It goes throughout your mind. Mm. So there'll be, there'll be starting to, you'll, there's a potential. It's not everybody, but there's a potential for people to start looking for things that they don't like. Yeah. I because think so. that's for the culture that they come from. Yeah. I didn't like this. And, and as much as you might not have liked it, it's comfortable and familiar. And then even if you see a little inkling, so I'll give yeah. you an example, like, you know, if you've been in a really, um, there's been no vault in the business, everyone's, I'm just gonna say bitching and backstabbing yeah. and you come into a business and you're looking for that <clears> and you see one person over here just having a little dig at someone else and you think, yeah. oh, is that how it is? It's probably not. It's yeah. probably just a little bit of a soundboarding moment, mm. but you're assuming the worst and you're thinking, do they do that to me when I'm not here? Mm. And then when someone gives you a compliment, you go, is it a genuine compliment? Mm. And it, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? It is. So that's <clears> where the boundaries <throat> bit comes in. Understand what's important to you. Set that stall out from the beginning. Mm. But you should have already have a bit of an understanding through looking through the right job, you know, what's involved. Um, and the other bit there is when you first get into the business, spend time looking for positive influence. Mm. So if you do connect with someone, you think, wow, you know, they're, they've got a really great balance or they're, they're showcasing the stuff that I want to learn, then try and connect with as many positive mentors as possible when you enter that new environment, because you'll be drawn along. If mm. they've got a growth mindset, if they're positive and all the rest of it, mm. then you're definitely, definitely going to feel in a better place for having that connection. There's a saying, and, and, and I, I'm hoping that you can sort of either confirm or, or correct me. You are the sum of the five people that you spend most of the time, your time with. Oh God, that means I'm screwed because like I hang around with you. <laughs> <laughs> no it's no do you know what that is absolutely 
a perfect example of what we're talking about here yeah. because you know if you if you think about the toxic environment you've maybe been in and I can certainly relate to four or five in my career mm. it's it started off as a little bit of mold in the corner and it just mm. got massive yeah um and then as a consequence every time you go into that space even if you're having a great day it becomes a bad day because yeah. So I, I totally agree with that. And I think that's what I'm trying to get out there is like mm. more positive. But then if you get someone who becomes almost a mentor, you know, and that doesn't have to be someone above you. It can be mm -hmm. someone, you know, oh. sideways. But if there is someone that you can look at, look up to in some mm. ways, that's great. But a sounding board is great too, right? <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. So I think all those things are important to connect with. The only way you're going to do that is to reflective kind of writing a little bit about it. I think noting these things down and spending some time and acknowledging the feeling because I think a lot of us try and go, right, to not be in shadow, I won't, I'll just do this. I'll put a, a mechanism in to stop that. But no, sit in it a little while mm. because it will actually allow you to connect with the bits that made you switch off. Mm. You know, how did that make you feel angry? Okay, that's one thing. But how did that make you feel sad, emotional, upset? And you connect with those deeper feelings and think, right, okay, so that then caused me to react this way because it was anger and that way because actually it hit me really deep and emotionally I think I'm a little bit more scarred than I would like to admit mm. whereas when I'm angry I kick out and deal with it <laughs> and as a consequence they don't see the right side of me but making time I think that's a really big thing that we don't do enough of is allowing ourselves it's okay to feel like that it's okay mm. but we've got to understand how we then put a coping mechanism in place mm. but then that allows us to set the boundaries because mm. then we know on that barometer if I get past this point here, then I'm going to go back to that place and I'm mm. not willing to do that again. Yeah. But I do need to remember how great I am. Mm. And and I think, you know, anyone who interviews you and gives you a, a role, they assume best intent with you and they look at your best strengths mm. or hopefully getting you in best self. So if, you were, if you're honest with them from the beginning about your boundaries mm. and, and they're honest with you, then, and they care, which a lot, you know, a lot of environments really do care about the people that work there, then you're only going to get the best outcomes. Then you can use your experience to influence other people. Yeah. So if you start to see things that are not quite right, I'm not, I don't say looking for problems, mm. but if there's something that you're picking up on, mm. discussing it. And you've got, and you've got to, you've got to understand not only have you got um, the potential of positive influences, mm. pardon me, you have the potential to be a positive influencer. Yeah. So when we start talking about, I mean, again, random stories that pop into my <laughs> head and you start thinking about the fable about the two dogs in the Hall of Mirrors, mm. the grumpy dog goes into a Hall of Mirrors and what does it see? A load of grumpy dogs. <laughs> a happy dog goes into a Hall of Mirrors and what does he see? A load of happy dogs. Yeah. So how do you influence the environment that you're in? Yeah. It's true. What is your role in this? But, I mean, yeah, we're talking about perceptions. We're talking about experience. We're talking about learning from those experiences. But what we're sort of saying is, you know what? We can play part of the solution. We absolutely Moving can. forward, uh, positively influencing yeah. other people. You know what positively influences you. Um, you get to know your team. You get to know the people mm. you work with, uh, unconscious motivators, possibly even sense of purpose. Mm. But you know what works just these little yeah and, 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 and I'm, I'm not sort of saying it's not got to be a, a checklist thing but it's things like little micro affirmations oh absolutely just a little acknowledgement mm. doesn't have to be a marching band and ticket tape parade but a little passing comment a little mm. acknowledgement of going you know what you're smashing it today I think if bosses spent more time thinking about appreciation languages you know it would go mm. a long way but you're absolutely right because if you connect with that anyway 
and you let that you know it's part of your boundaries part of your expectations and i think actually that's that's both working together isn't it yeah but there is this the problem is you've got this legacy so you've got <clears> this, almost like this hangover yeah so you can't see yourself work. and you know what's really interesting about something like this and from a personal perspective I, I think i connect with what i was talking to one of our partners about last week is sometimes people who fall into this cannot believe that they ever let that happen because mm. They're actually quite strong people that were just chipped away at for so long that it became normal. Mm. Uh, and then it takes them that long to come out. And then when they go to another organization, it almost feels like they are getting over, a, you know, an abusive relationship yeah. because there's a lot of the things that, you know, connect, you know, the emotional sort of content of what people are saying to you and the way that you react and, and it's difficult. So using that experience, but trying to do it in a positive way is definitely the right mm. route. Um, and also, I, I think the biggest thing is boundary setting, isn't it? It's going back into that situation and saying, I know what I'll accept and I know what, what I won't accept. Well, I think just there, you, you said, I think I think you made a, a really valid point, is that it's like it is a, an abusive relationship, mm. that you really, you're leaving an abusive relationship. Mm. You have to have your negotiables and your non-negotiables and your, your bound, def, yeah. clearly defined boundaries because... You don't want to go from one abusive relationship into another abusive relationship. Out of the frying, frying pan into the fire, yeah. that's what they say. So yeah, so th this is the, right, I've made that break. I'm not mm. going to repeat that mistake. Yeah. What is important to me? Choose wisely. Yeah. So so do the research. Mm. Look for the right culture. Don't look for the right job. Um, even the boss, the right boss, like, you know, mm. that can make or break. And sometimes it isn't even the boss's approach. It's just the way of the business and mm. the nature of you know, the way that the work, the job works from day to day, mm -hmm. it maybe just doesn't suit you. And I know you can't always pick your boss, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, doing the research to find out whether or not you think you're going to be a great fit, because a lot of the time, and, and if you're a recruiter, that's the other thing that I always say, I'm really passionate about this. You've got to ask the right questions in the interview. Mm -hmm. You've got to be honest and transparent from day one. If you think that, um, you know, this person's really qualified, they, they come with great references, you know, ask the questions in the interview that dig into their unconscious motivators a little bit and um, think about what's, you know, important to them from a work-life perspective mm. and, and and be open and honest. Because if you think that this job that they've, you know, they're going to do is going to drain them. Mm. <laughs> and the other thing is, is like sometimes when you recruit for a job, you're look at recruiting for a job. Let's say I want a marketing um, guru, okay? But at that point, you don't want a marketing guru that's going to invent new things. You want a marketing guru that's going to actually be tenacious and grab the stuff you've already got and just fine tune it. That's very different. So when you're having that interview, you've got to be quite clear on the fact that we're not looking for this creative genius mm. right now. Maybe later, maybe we'll in, mm. you know put that into play later. Right now, the problem, the space that we're in right now is we want someone with a market, marketing expertise, yeah. but we want them to take what we've already got and run with it. Mm. Now, if we're transparent about that, it means that when that person comes into the business, they don't feel drained by doing all the you know day-to-day run-of-the-mill pushing through getting it done stuff. Mm. And they're not feeling like they're not being observed doing the creative stuff, which they know they're good at. And um, if we're clear from day one, then that again helps this not evolve. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so set your boundaries. Yeah. Know your worth. Yeah. Review what you learned and do something with it. Put mm. those coping is, uh, coping mechanisms in place. Mm. Uh, do your homework on where you're going to work next. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. Assume best intent. Go back in with a growth mm. mindset. Yeah. Assume best intent. If there's a warning shot here or there, do a sense check on it. It mm. doesn't feel like that's a one-off. Mm. Or question yourself. 
you know, is it is it something that you saw, you know, someone was having a bad day and you're assuming that it's the worst case scenario because it maybe isn't. Mm. But equally, if you do see something, it's okay to go speak up mm. because you're going to avoid it happening again, aren't you? Yeah, and you're going to, you're going to start enhancing trust absolutely um, in both directions mm. and and as we know that's the sort of basis of any relationship whether it's personal or professional absolutely so uh yeah i think uh absolutely some 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 really valid points there mm. um but we're just 27 28 minutes 28 10 mm. seconds off 28 minutes <laughs> he <laughs> likes to be specific that's his one <laughs> well i think it helps it helps because we've always got something to say haven't we and and yeah. Without wanting to labour a point, we need to get the point across. We so do. yeah, so I, I think yeah, take I think... time to heal, guys. But go in there mm. and assume best intent. Reconnect with your purpose, um, and set those boundaries. And if you're the boss and you see some of this mm. stuff coming out in someone who's come from a another environment, mm. maybe rather than jumping to conclusions, maybe do a bit of a sense check on yeah. you know what where they were previously and the working the ways of working there yeah um because i guess if we're looking at it from the other perspective of are we getting what we want from that person within mm. that first couple of months we might mm. assume that from a behaviors perspective they seem a little bit not what we expected mm. um and rather than just assuming that you know they're a bit of a knobhead <laughs> let's actually ask the questions let's yeah. let's go in and be curious and figure it out mm. and keep that person and uh yeah all the talent we need all the talent we need yeah Good stuff. Tracy Roberts, thank you very much for your uh, your time. Always good to get in the room with you. Thank you. Uh, before you we too. get back on the road. Yeah, back um, on the road. <laughs> so thanks, Tracy. Uh, that's it from this T2 Hubcast. Uh, we'll see you for the next T2 Hubcast. So until then, bye-bye for now. Goodbye. Bye.